0: Good morning, Hope Church. How's everybody doing on this damp, we'll call it damp, this damp Sunday? You guys excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. Excited to share from God's Word. It's always a privilege to do that. Now, for those of you who were with us last week, you would have noticed three things. Number one, we had some work done here at church on the previous week. If you look out back, you will see that behind the church, things are really starting to take shape, really starting to come together with this backyard setting that we're trying to create. This is going to be awesome. We can have outdoor services back there. We can do uh, barbecues. The elders can play volleyball. Okay, maybe that's better left to the young people. We don't want any pulled hammies, right? A huge thank you goes out to everyone involved in that project. I hesitate to name names because I know I'll forget someone. You guys know who you are. Thank you so much for working on that. The second thing that you would have noticed is the permanent installation of our speakers. You know, we had them on sticks before with tables, and we had to clean that up. So we got those mounted. And a huge thank you goes out to everyone involved in that project as well. Yeah. Look around. The third thing that you would have noticed is that we had a guest speaker. And thanks to Kyle Beckrick for being here and sharing from God's Word. It was wonderful. But what you, and probably Kyle, did not know is that he was a test subject. Yeah, see, I was not going to stand up here and make all kinds of noise to see if these things were going to stay up there. Yeah. They're going to come down, let them come down on someone else, right? I'm smart, right? I'm smart. But you know, (laughs) I wasn't always that smart. Or maybe I should say I wasn't always that wise. If we go all the way back when I was in high school which was just a couple of years ago why does everyone even laugh when i say that i don't i don't understand but if you go all the way back you'd know you would know that i was not wise i made a lot of bad choices and one of those bad choices was to just kind of glide through my high school years those four years i did the absolute care minimum. I did just enough to get good enough grades to keep my parents off my back. That was all I was interested in, is just doing enough and getting out. Not a wise choice growing up. And to all you young people out there, do not do what I did. Make the most of your opportunities. Seize those opportunities. Apply yourself and work hard in school. You're smiling. You're laughing. I hope you do. I do. It will pay off in the end. You know how I know? Well, after about eight years of wandering, eight years of bouncing around, not having any idea what I was doing, and making more bad decisions, and a near-fatal car accident, I finally came to a conclusion. I knew that I had better make a change, or I was in big trouble. I was going nowhere. So I found myself back in school, and I started my journey with an eight-year detour. Again, if you guys want to save yourselves a lot of time and a lot of heartache, Listen to me. Learn from my mistakes. Don't do what I did. Always do your best. And listen to your parents. Believe it or not, they've lived this. They know what they're talking about. Even if you don't believe that they do. Anyway, here I am back in school at age 26, and this is what I discovered I could. Learn. I could learn. It was amazing. For the first time in my life, I applied myself and I actually tried and I could learn. It was amazing. I actually read textbooks and they meant something to me. Prior to that, all textbooks were good for was to hold stuff down. Never cracked a book, but they were useful. Who knew? And all I could think is, why did I wait so long to do this? This is great. I'm learning. You ever find yourself in a situation like that? Maybe you think something is beyond you, beyond your comprehension, and then you apply yourself and you find that you can do it? Like, Mastering a smartphone or some kind of new computer technology. Or maybe it's something as simple as putting together furniture from Ikea. You guys have done this before, right? Yeah. Far too often, friends, we sell ourselves short in our ability to understand, and that goes for all of us. Have you ever thought that about the Bible? Have you ever thought that the Word, is is it's just for people who are like educated, right? People who have studied theology, you know, uh, people who know Greek and Hebrew, it's just for them. I could never understand it. You know, if you thought that, you would be wrong because God's written Word is for everyone. It's for everyone. Today we pick back up in our study on the Word of God. God has chosen to reveal Himself to us through His written Word, and we've been examining this book that we call the Bible in order to better understand why we can trust it and why we can place our faith in it. As Christians, we believe the Bible to be the inspired Word from God, and it makes Perfect sense to understand why we believe what it is we believe. Now, up to this point, we've learned that this is how God has chosen to speak to his people. This is how God has chosen to speak to us, to reveal himself to us. We've also come to the conclusion that this Bible that we have before us, the 66 books that we look at today, it is. Complete. There's nothing to be added to it and nothing should be taken away from it. It is God's final word. And then two weeks ago, we looked at the authority and the power of the scriptures as evidence that all the words contained herein are, in fact, the very words from God. Today, we examine the clarity of Scripture. The clarity of Scripture. And we seek to answer this question, can only Bible scholars and educated people understand the Bible rightly? Or is it possible for all of us to understand? Now, anyone who has begun to read the Bible, will come to the conclusion that there are parts of the Bible that are easy to understand. And there are also parts that may not be quite so straightforward. Peter tells the readers of his day, and us, of course, right, because the Bible was written for us. So Peter is telling us that some of Paul's writings could be challenging. Listen to what he says in 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, Our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. And when when Peter's referring to these matters, what he's talking about earlier in the chapter is the end times, the day of the Lord, judgment day. And sometimes those things can be a little bit hard to understand. Peter goes on to say, His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort. The English Standard Version says twist as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Now, I want us to notice a couple of things here. I want you to first notice that Peter doesn't say that all of Paul's writings are hard to understand, nor does he say that they are impossible to understand. Rather, those difficult passages require effort and wisdom from the Holy Spirit to appreciate. And friends, whenever we read God's Word, we should be asking the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that spirit that Paul prayed so fervently for the church at Ephesus, We prayed that the spirit would open our eyes and open our hearts to the truth of God's Word. And that's especially true when we come to these passages that may be challenging for us. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to guide us into the truth of Scripture. And and I have to mention as well here, Peter's warning to the false teachers. There's a warning here to the false teachers, the ones that are twisting and distorting the truth. And let's be honest, if we're talking about clarity, Peter could not be more clear here. Those who take any part of Scripture and twist it to justify their behaviors have doomed themselves to their destruction. Could not be any clearer here. See, that's why we read. That's why we study the Word of God. That's why we need to know what it is we're being taught. Is it biblical? Is it truth? This was important in Peter's day, and it is vitally important today. Peter talks about this earlier in 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, In the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own desires. Paul talks about this very thing as well in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. In other words, they will not put up with the truth of the Scriptures. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Do we see this? Do we see this happening today? Are there false teachers out there twisting and distorting the truth? Do we see them teaching myths? Saying things like, oh, all religions are basically the same. They all get you to heaven, as long as you're sincere about what you believe. Careful, or this lie. Marriage doesn't have to be between one man and one woman. Oh, same-sex marriages are fine as long as the love is genuine. Friends, it's nonsense. It's a myth. They are turning away from the truth and turning to myth. They're twisting the scripture to fit their desires. This is exactly what Peter and Paul are talking about here. Friends, the Word of God is clear. It can be easily understood on these matters. And it will never change. It is not going to change. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God endures forever. That's clarity. And if we study the Word, we see many instances where the Bible affirms its own clarity. Psalm 19, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Also Psalm 119, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So, friends, even the simple can understand the Word of God. And it's really important to note here that where the Psalms here are referring to this simple person, the simple person, they're not necessarily referring to those who lack intellectual ability. That's not what it's talking about. If you look at the original Hebrew word, it's a reference to someone who lacks sound judgment or is maybe prone to mistakes, someone who is easily led astray. And friends, it is no mistake that Jesus very often refers to us as his sheep. And what do we know about sheep? Sheep are simple. Sheep are very easily led astray. That is our nature, friends. Our nature is to wander from God. However, the word of God is able to impart wisdom to all who would read it. And this should be a great encouragement. This should be an incredible encouragement to all of us, especially those who think of themselves as unable to comprehend what the Bible says. I I, I just don't get it. I don't know what all that stuff is about. That's not true. The Bible is clear and you can understand it. And you know what? Jesus would agree. In the New Testament, we see Jesus speaking with the religious scholars and with common people. And he's answering their questions, assuming that they were able to read the Old Testament and understand it. You never hear Jesus saying something like, well, I can see how you're confused on that point because Scripture is not very clear. No, he doesn't say that. He answers questions with statements like, have you not read? How many times have we seen that? Matthew 21, he says, have you never read the scriptures? Matthew 22, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. See, whether Jesus is speaking to scholars or just regular people, the blame for misunderstanding scripture is not placed on the scripture itself. The blame is with those who misunderstand it or refuse to accept what is written. The Old Testament scriptures were to be read and understood by all believers, and that includes us. Similarly, in the New Testament, we see that most of the epistles were written not just for church leaders, they didn't write just for the church leaders but they were intended for entire congregations, intended for everyone. You see what Paul writes. He says, To the church at Corinth, to the churches of Galatia, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, and by these statements, Paul makes it clear that his writings are for everyone, and he assumes that they will all be read first or heard, and that all will understand. He also encourages the sharing of letters with other churches. In Colossians 4, he writes, And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. These things are to be shared with everyone, with all believers. All of Paul and the other apostles' writings were meant for all believers, not just for church leaders. That was never the intention. This is not just you know, for the elders or just for deacons or, or just for teachers or pastors, but for everyone. And it was assumed that everyone would be able to understand. Now I want us to understand that also this is not something that's done solely, solely on one's own. Although individual Bible study is huge. It is very important. But this is intended to be done within the fellowship of believers within the body of believers that's why we have bible studies that's why we have small group studies that's why we come here every sunday morning to hear from god's word reading and understanding scripture is a community thing it's not meant to be done entirely in isolation from others So if the Bible is clear and it is and it imparts wisdom and it does and is able to be understood by everyone why is it that some just don't seem to understand they just they just don't get it well, in the New Testament, we see the writers telling us that the ability to understand scriptures rightly is more of a spiritual and moral issue than it is one of intellectual ability. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul tells us, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Now that's the New International Version. The English Standard Version translates where it says, this person without the Spirit, it translates it as the natural man. The natural man. What do we know about our nature? Our nature is sinful, right? Our nature is sin. That's how we all begin life as unsaved sinful beings the natural man doesn't want the things of god and he can't understand them even if he wanted to it's only by the work of the holy spirit that our eyes are opened, that our minds are open to the truth of scripture that's why we must we must it doesn't matter where you're at it doesn't matter if you claim to be a believer, or if you say I'm an unbeliever or an atheist, if you read, you must read sincerely. We must read seeking to know the truths that are found only in Scripture. And the beauty, the gold that we mine there, one of the beautiful things is salvation, right? This is where we learn about salvation. In the Word, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts 4 reminds us salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we find here. That's clear. And you can't read that and receive that without the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Without the power of the Spirit, our nature will make that truth appear to be foolish. When, in fact, it is, as Paul says in Romans 1.16, it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. Friends, Scripture is clear. It's clear to those who believe and receive the Word of God. The clarity of Scripture and our ability to understand it correctly should be encouraging. That should make us really feel good to know that the God of creation, the God who created us, has chosen to reveal Himself to us. Amazing! We should be in awe of this book knowing that it is the holy and inspired Word of God. But you know, we have to understand that there are certain expectations with regard to this Word. There are expectations. And this morning I want to quickly focus on three expectations, three actions that we should be taking, knowing that this is our instruction manual for living from our Creator. And knowing that the teachings are clear and we are all able to understand the truth. The first is really simple. Read it. You gotta read it. You're not gonna get it unless you read the book. You know, as I shared with you earlier in high school, I never cracked a textbook but I managed to get by. I just I just eked it out. And you know, you can take that approach to the Christian life, but that's not going to get it done. You'll never have the kind of knowledge and peace that God intends for you without His Word. Our goal, as Paul tells us in Colossians 1, is to live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. You cannot grow in the knowledge of God without reading His Word. And it can't be, you know, just a cursory reading, just where you, i I, got to get this over with, you know, just read it, okay, there, I'm done. That's not how this works. You must read it purposefully, and you must read it expectantly, Asking the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. Because the Word of God is truth. And the Holy Spirit will open your eyes and will open your heart to the clarity of Scripture if you ask Him. I guarantee it. Number two. Live it. Live it. And... Honestly, this goes beyond simple obedience, although that is important. What are the two greatest commands that Jesus gave us? Number one, love God. Number two, right? Love God, love others. Could it be any more clear? But you know, there's something else that Jesus teaches us. In Matthew chapter 4, Verses 1 through 11, and I wish we had time to dive into this passage this morning. You could do a whole uh, sermon series on the first 11 verses. But this is a story where Jesus goes into the wilderness and he's tempted by Satan. And I, I, I want you to notice this, okay? If you're not familiar with the story, he's tempted three times. Three times Jesus is tempted by Satan. And each time he responds, it is written. It is written. And then he goes on to quote Scripture. In this case, passages from Deuteronomy. But here's the point. Jesus found Scripture so important, so valuable, that he internalized it and he memorized it. And this passage from Matthew is in the Bible for a reason. It informs us that Scripture is to be recalled. It is to be used in the midst of spiritual battles. Anybody here ever been tempted? Man, I should see a lot of hands go up. Remember, if you don't have your hand up, lying is a sin. But when you find yourself in a battle with Satan, are you able to say, it is written? Do you have verses memorized that that can help you do battle and defeat the enemy. Like, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Or resist the devil and he will flee from you. Or, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Or I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Do you have anything like this at the ready? Ready to pull out, to do battle with Satan? You should. Jesus did. Read it, live it, and last, share it. Friends, we live in a world that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ badly. Amen? In Romans 10, Paul writes this, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet... Of those who bring good news. And then in verse 17, Paul says this consequently, because of that, faith comes from the hear, from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. God's holy and inspired word. And it is our job to share that word. Remember, Jesus commanded his disciples before he left, before he ascended. What did he say? He said, go, right? Make disciples and teach them to obey what? All that I have commanded, right? And where do we find all that Jesus commanded, all of God's commands? We find them in the word of God. Still don't think you can understand the Bible? Still think it's beyond you? It's not. It's not. The Word of God is clear in His teachings. If you read it expectantly, asking the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. And then we have no choice but to live it. The power of the Word of God is in the transformed lives that we see. Transformation. Kyle preached about that last week, the transforming power of the Word of God. And then we have to share it. And that's what we're about here at Hope Church. I'm so glad that Nakia chose the mission statement as part of her memorization this month. Because it's important. Part of our mission statement. We are here to share the good news of Jesus Christ with Lowell and the surrounding area. And that good news is clearly found in the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and praise you. We thank you so much for your holy and inspired word from you, our instruction manual for life. We thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit to make clear, to make clear your word. Lord, I just pray that we would be a people that would that would have a thirst for it and that would seek the knowledge found in it. Lord, I, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.